Hello and welcome to episode 22. In this episode, I'm actually away at the moment in Greece for a few weeks and I thought what I would do was actually share some healing techniques with you and this one I'm going to share is journaling. I'm going to talk about how important it is and I'm also going to share with you some journaling ideas, some tips, some prompts if you um, think oh there's nothing I could write about or I don't know where to start so I've got five really interesting prompts that I'm going to share with you. Welcome to the Mind Fuckery podcast. I'm your host Elizabeth, author of Finding Lily and the A to Z of emotional abuse. I'm here to remind you that love should be unconditional, divorcing emotionally is life-changing and that you have a duty of care to yourself. Each week I will discuss some of the terms you may hear along this journey and I will help you understand and process what's happening. I will help you find the best habits as you start to take Take back the control of your own life and learn the tools to heal on a deeper level, becoming the best version of yourself. When you come out of these toxic relationships, there are so many things that are going on in your body and in your mind. You're a bit like a drug addict or someone who's trying to give up a craving, only your craving is a person. So you were trapped and you had no idea this abuse, abuse was going on. The majority of people coming out of these relationships, it's only after the relationship has finished that they realize what's happened. We form bonds for survival in childhood. So this is how we learn to do it. Usually they're with our caregiver, they're who's our foundation of attachment. So when our safety is threatened in some way, it's them that we turn to for support and protection. Trauma bonding is one of the reasons so it's so hard to heal from these toxic and emotionally abusive relationships. The damage caused puts you in a state of confusion as you had no idea what was going on. The terms developed by Patrick Cairns and he describes it as the misuse of fear, excitement, sexual feelings and sexual physiology to entangle another person. Bonding happens in all relationships but this type of bonding was one-sided and this is why it's so easy for them to walk away and this these bonds can be created without within hours it's a process that makes people more important to each other and this is why team building exercises use scenarios and techniques to help instill trust in each other bonds are majoring activities that are unique to the individual it's a really strong connection. It, it strengthens when we spend time with someone, when we make love to them, when we have children together. But trauma bonding is used by the emotional abuser or the toxic person to enable them to gain power and control over you. So during the idealization stage, they position themselves as caregiver, sharing you with gifts and attention and meals out. They manufacture a love that you may never have ex experienced before. And then they started to devalue you with slight put downs, triangulation, gaslighting. You might then rationalize their behavior, believing they actually do care for you. And this is creating even more bonding, which is the reason that you're so connected to them. So when the relationship ends, you wonder how you're gonna survive. And trauma bonding made it hard to enforce boundaries, which is again why it's so painful to stay away from them. So after getting you addicted to oxytocin, oxytocin even, and dopamine through the love bombing, they start to introduce situations uh, which release your stress hormones, so your fight, flight, form, freeze. 
and this is done with the slight put downs creating drama so when they threaten your safety through their bad behavior you turn to them for help and protection you rationalize their behavior believing that they cared for you this then created further bonding which was the reason that you felt connected to them so when the relationship finished your your stress levels are so high you experience fear and you can't imagine your life without them also they've actually probably told you that you won't be able to survive on your own they on the other other hand go off and play victim and you're likely to believe that this is all your fault because they've been doing that and um, setting you up for that during the devaluation and discard this pain is real it feels physically real as if someone has kicked you abused you they might be standing on your chest it runs deep into your soul. There is a childhood wound or even a few that have allowed this to happen. And as I said, it's much like a physical wound. This emotional wound hurts and it causes pain during our lives. It leaves us without the emotional coping mechanisms that other people have. And it might be the reason that we don't feel whole and maybe never have done. But by tracking down the wound and allowing it to heal, you can start to feel whole again and you can start to break the cycle. But please do remember, if you've been walking around with this wound for decades, it might not happen within hours. You've learned behaviours to protect yourself from further hurt, so you might need to work on changing your thoughts as well. It's a wounding or a few wounds that need healing. So when you think about the way you reacted, what was the emotion coming up for you? The abuser who has triggered this reaction is they were acting like a little earworm. I remember reading a comment on something I posted and um, somebody I knew said, oh, that sounds like an earworm. I was in a relationship at this time and I didn't realize that I was being manipulated, but I completely got it. They're constantly feeding you with information. They're undermining you. They're telling you what to think, how to feel, who you are, who you should be, what you should be doing, who you should be spending your time with. They devalue the people that are close to you because they can't risk them taking over or influencing you in some way. So you might now feel abandoned and you might feel very alone. When we're children, we are, I describe it as the children are sponges. And everything we told, everything that we see, everything we hear, everything we feel becomes part of our belief system. Children don't understand that a parent might be having a bad day when they yell at them or scream at them for doing very little. They don't understand what's going on and their emotional maturity sometimes gets stunted at certain ages. And this is why you might find yourself behaving or responding like a child in certain situations. Seriously sit and think, you might actually notice because the abuser will have been traumatized. I believe this is what's happened, that they were, they've experienced trauma in their lives. And you, if you see how they react to certain situations, they might not have an adult's coping mechanism. And to a degree, there might be elements of what you're experiencing at the moment, because so much going on, they strip everything back and they leave you in an infantile state. And so you might actually be ha have a three-year-old running your life. So you might discover that you have learned behavior to protect yourself. You might always take responsibility when something goes wrong because it was safer for you to do that as a child. A lot of people describe themselves as empaths 
but that actually this might be something to do with a childhood abuse that they've experienced and this is because they become so attuned to what's going on around them they can feel or sense it's really important to understand this they can feel or sense a change in the atmosphere or a change in uh, the way somebody says something they can sense this as danger so you might they might go in or you might go in to a fawning and calming a situation down before the abuser explodes words are so very important I've, I've done a few videos and a podcast maybe a couple of podcasts on the importance of words and the power behind them writing them out is also very powerful and you can do it typing but i believe pen to paper there's a connection there's a connection between your brain the emotions within your body and that pen and that when it goes onto that paper i feel that there's a release that happens and it helps you process so you find somewhere comfortable you can sit it might be a bit difficult to lay down maybe you could put, incorporate this into a routine you could maybe um, get a candle and maybe you could create a nice secure safe environment where you can write everything out turn your phone off get a glass of water make sure everything's removed that's going to distract you settle down and breathe now what i will say is if you do get distracted and you find that you're trying to get up and do things like move something or uh, I forgot to put the dishwasher on oh I forgot to put the washing machine on whatever it is have I shut the door see if you can lean in a little bit further and find out what it is that's stopping you is there st something stopping you is there a fear coming up what is it that that's creating this procrastination and in fact you could use that as a, a prompt for writing if you're going through a difficult time at the moment you're trying to get clarity journaling is an amazing tool so you can use it to review your day you can do it first thing in the morning or any point that fits in with your routine in the book the artist way by uh, julia cameron she suggests doing it first thing in the morning before you get up before you make tea or coffee before you actually put your feet on the floor out of bed and write three full pages and see what comes out it might be nonsense to start with it might be a shopping list a do list but the more you allow the words to flow out of your pen, the more clearer your processing that happens. If you need a prompt for this part, you might be able to write out a question. Maybe it could be a, what's this all about? Was there a pattern to the emotion? And just see what happens. So believe this connection between the hand and the brain, once that once they're connected, it's, a, it's really powerful. So you might find it changes over a period of time that you're clearer as soon as you pick up your pen and book and the words flow out of you. Or you might need a few prompts. What emotions are you feeling at the moment? Why do you feel like this? It might be that a dream has triggered you. It might be that you could write out things about patterns, people any connections I found when I started to realize the abuse that had gone on for me I then started to see in other relationships and make connections there and I found that really powerful it isn't uncommon to come out of these relationships and experience nightmares so 
when you've been the target of a toxic person. So you might be able to write about that. What feelings has this left you waking up? What's been going on? What was the dream about? Can you, can you look at the dream and see how it fits in with what's going on at the moment? Journaling helps you see patterns. Like I said, you know, I had a lot of clarity. Um, it might be like having a constant headache and realizing if you stop hitting yourself over the head with the hammer that it might help. I say that in jest, however it is true. You might have thought of someone as a friend and then realize that actually they're behaving or making you feel like the toxic relationship that you've been in. It's repeating the same task, expecting re um, different results. Or it might give you clarity about the time that you spend your time with. It might, you might come away not feeling so good around certain people, not feeling heard or not feeling good enough. And you might realize that you spend 90% of your time listening to them and they might give you the first 10% so you feel that you were involved in some part of the conversation and then they just offload onto you. You might notice the people in your life are actually do the things that remind you of other people and you've never connected those dots before. Create a list of prompts to get yourself started. But once you start with this tool, you might find that the words just flow and said you connect the dots. All this healing happens over a period of time. So here are another six prompts. I think I said five at the beginning, but here's six. Number one, how do I feel today? At this moment, so you can scan your body and see where it feels different. So you might think, oh, I've got a pain in my neck. What does that associate with? I'm, I've got my knees are really aching or I feel all fuzzy in a certain area or I've got a headache. And then talk around that or write around that. Number two is what do you wish you could remember on bad days? Like those days that you go into rumination and you're going over everything and replaying the relationships and reminding yourself that it, this is all your fault. On those days, what do you wish you could remember? Number three, who's your favorite warrior and what do you think is inspiring about them? They could be fictional or they could be real. I'm going to link, I've got a meditation on archetypes and warrior and warrior archetypes. So I'll link that in the description below. So what qualities do you share? You could think whether, could you borrow some of theirs while you step back into your power and build up your own? Number four, looking back, can you write down three of the most important milestones that you have made so far? And if you can do three, are you able to think of six? And then if you can do six, are you able to think of nine and so on? Number five, write out your biggest fear at the moment and put it into a sentence and then see or visualize your best friend standing in front of you and he or she is telling you exactly the same scenario, the same problem, the same fear. What advice would you give him or her? Number six, what do you need to forgive yourself for? Write a letter to yourself and tell yourself why and see yourself in front of you and then wrap your arms in again in a visualization. See yourself giving yourself a big hug and telling him or her what she or he needs to hear at this moment in time. That 
it's really powerful. So write it out and then visualize. And it's the same with the best friend one as well. So journaling is so powerful. It helps you bring up and process what's going on. And that's a big part of the healing. Inner standing, what happened and what you were told and the difference. So being able to process and work through. Learning to love yourself, to build yourself steam back up again, to get in touch with your body and feel. Because that's, there's a massive detachment, I feel, that happens in these relationships when they end. Personally, that was my experience. I disassociated with myself and everybody and everything around me. I hope you found this useful. I hope you'll be able to incorporate. If my questions or prompts aren't good enough, go and do a Google search. There are loads of websites, I'm sure, that will have journaling prompts that might help you, that might fit better for you. Or come up with your own. Set yourself a bit of time before you actually journal and think about the things that would be really helpful for you write them down as prompts and then if you sit down one day and you can't think of anything or as you work your way into journaling use your prompts reword them my words might not fit with yours you know you can play, have a play around with it i'm sending you loads and loads and loads of love until next time